Game begin. Hello and welcome to Dadgum Nerds, your podcast for family first fanboy fun. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm Zach. And I'm Aaron. This is episode 60, where we're going to be adventuring once again into the epic land of Middle Earth to talk about some new updates on Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series. You know, I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. We had to have Aaron. I of mean, course. you were a necessary factor <laughs> if we're going to be anything Lord of the Rings. Professor walk- Aaron in the house. The walking encyclopedia himself. Well, hey, if you guys like what you hear on this episode, we'd love it if you subscribe on your podcast subscribe. platform on YouTube. Uh, if you really helps us with engagement um, and if you enjoy the episode, it helps us continue to grow. Don't be an orc. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start, anything happened to you guys and dad life this week? Well, one one quick note. Oh, I signed Last up for this. Episode, oh, no. Oh, you knew you were in trouble. I did. You knew you were in trouble. You just really struck a chord. I was so angry. I could barely compose myself. I mean, <laughs> Steve Louise, guys. That was so totally off base. I see you're like reading off a list right now. <laughs> you you could have just pulled some strings, but now I have to I have to resort to violins. <laughs> like, that was so forced. <laughs> you literally wrote down all of these gosh. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. This was a mistake. <laughs> all right, guys. I, hey, however, let the record reflect. I, I crossed out a really bad one just for you, Andrew. <laughs> oh, the really bad one got crossed out. <laughs> oh, he had standards. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, well, just just had to redeem that one. Cool. Well, before we get really going into this, anything happened to you guys in dad life this week? So uh, Rowan has started preschool, which oh boy, I was Big not step. ready. I was Big not step. ready to see a picture of him in a backpack in front of like a class sign. Oh no. Was, was not ready as a dad to see him. I was like, you're not a lot. No, you're only two. You'll be going um, off to college. But while he was there, he got to eat his first chocolate donut <gasps> and uh, they got a video of it. And uh, <laughs> he takes a bite and then he just stops and goes, this tastes really good. And then just kept <laughs> so I was like, you know, that, that is, that is a reaction that all of us as adults should have, but we've just, you know, we've been trained not to, but that's, why don't we? That's my internal monologue. Every time. Yeah, I like, why don't we just express more like that? Just, just frankly, this tastes really good. You have to, you have to share that to discord when you get the chance. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. After I will. Episode releases. But I mean, you know, first chocolate donut, whole new experience. Uh, we actually had uh, two super quick ones this week. One of them's just one of them super short. We're sitting at the dinner table and we're trying to teach Theodore to eat chicken. He hates chicken. What kid doesn't like chicken Y'all's fingers? Kids, man, like what? my kid's picky, but like Rowan <laughs> didn't like eat anything. Hey, Your kid won't eats, eat chicken. He eats Chick-fil-A now. Okay, cool. Oh, well, thank the, goodness. My kid's not <laughs> there yet. So anyways, we had shredded some chicken up into like tiny bite sized minuscule atomic level pieces for him just to like put some stuff on and um uh-huh. we we turned away for a quick second and looked back and Kristen goes did he just put a piece of chicken up his nose no not carrots again we're like, we're like we're not doing this again not so, carrot you, gate 2021 again so she goes did she did he just put <laughs> carrots up his nose and all we see theodore go is oh. <laughs> your kid snorting chicken so <laughs> great the other white meat <laughs> 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 
Wow. Did that really just come out of my mouth? It came out of my mouth. Okay. It came out of his nose. <laughs> well, did it? Did you? Did no, so everything was perfectly fine afterwards. Oh, yeah. Just that we just had that moment. So I, would I you don't, call it crack or cluck? <laughs> so I, I, I think cluck. I don't actually think he put a piece of chicken up his nose, but I, we just had that moment. The other one actually <laughs> was your son, Zach. We had a fun moment. Um, so <gasps> Rowan and uh, Meredith and Ellie all came over to the house for a little play date, having all the cousins, everybody um, playing together. And I'm sitting here in the office and out there in the living room, everybody's playing around. My wife, Kristen's out there, Theodore, Meredith, Rowan and Ellie. And so my wife asked uh, Rowan, says, hey, you started preschool, right? He goes, yeah. It's like, Hi, you liking school? And he goes, I, 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 I. I, I, no. <laughs> oh, that kid. No. <laughs> and I, I, again, I'm like, it's the same as the donut. Like I, these I'm are trying my to work. I'm trying to work in here. And then that <laughs> happens out there. And I'm like, <laughs> it was great. So, uh, I mean, at least he was trying to be diplomatic. I, 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 I no, no. <laughs> Got to be honest with you. No, I really don't know how to say this nicely, but just no. I'm going to be honest. Oh, it's good he stuff. does love preschool, by the way. Okay. He talks about it every morning. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I was getting ready for work the other morning, and when I go uh, on on trips, or or sometimes when I go when I'm not working from home, I go into the office and I I wear a suit and tie, um, just given the nature of my work. And Cameron was like, oh, daddy, you're getting, you know, you're getting ready, ready for work this morning. And I, w- I was working from home that day. Okay. I said, oh, no, 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 I can, I'm, I'm good right now. I'll, I'll put on a jacket and tie when I have a meeting over, not over pants. video. Uh, <laughs> optional. Actually, usually no. I mean, I wear <laughs> pants, but not dress pants because who cares? This is all you're saying, right? Party down below. It's 2021 at this point. I'm pretty sure everyone's doing. We're that. all used to it. So he, I said, he goes, well, why, why are you gonna put why if you're not going into work, like to the office, if you're just going upstairs. Why are you putting on a jacket and tie? And I said, well, you know, for these kind of meetings, it, it shows that whoever's in the meeting, um, that I think it's important. And he goes, well, you don't have to wear a jacket and tie for your, or he, he said, you don't have to wear all that for your podcast, do you? And I said, oh, no, 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 but I can, I can just wear a right. t-shirt and everything for the podcast. He goes, yeah, because it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly skewered and I was like, by a four-year-old. That is not what I meant by that, but <laughs> all right, hot take by Cameron. <laughs> well, thank you, Cameron. <laughs> well, let's start this unimportant discussion. Yeah, this is very unimportant, guys. <laughs> so, I have to start this discussion off with a warning. We apologize in advance for any extended Aragorn rants that may or may not come out of Aaron's mouth during this episode. It's going to be second age. It won't be Aragorn. It will be his ancestors from Numenor, though. So we we have talked with him about this, but quite Son frankly, of Numenor. But quite frankly, he has promised nothing at this point. So proceed at your own risk. I have promised nothing. I mean, <laughs> and Gandalf. Continue. Gandalf is also a free game. So I mean, that's like what Aragorn, Gandalf in the Aaron ranking. Mm, yeah, you got to throw Faramir. You got to throw Book Faramir. Oh, that's right, there, Book, but, Faramir. Book Faramir. Book Faramir. But at that point, you know, you're still you're still looking at you know, Numenorean origins, if you trace it back far enough. So, oh, this is going to be good today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Maiar difference, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So today Deep we're going to be cut pun. We are going to be checking back in with Amazon's Lord of the Rings series since we've gotten a few production updates over the last few months, mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as our very first look 
So we thought <gasps> that yes. screenshot though. I know that thought, screenshot though. We uh, thought we'd get the fellowship back together and just kind of trek back through Middle Earth and all the things that have kind of trickled out since we you last have my last touched. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have not listened to our last episode on Lord of the Rings series and want to hear what we are hoping for in the show. Uh, check out episode 10 in the podcast all the way back in season one. That was, wow. that was, that was 50 <laughs> episodes, 50 ago. episodes. <laughs> that feels like an entire age ago. Yes, we are in our second age. We are in our second age. <laughs> Just <laughs> like it's the not show. Gonna be, it's, it's not going to be the first season or the second season, third season from now. It's the age. I like please it. done. I, I will change that nomenclature tonight. Done. But for now, second age for now, though, we got some new updates for this upcoming series. So let's get Mm -hmm. this fellowship on the road. So our first little piece of news that we have got is that season one releases sometime in 2022. (sighs) Well, didn't they confirm that it's going to be like Q3 or Q4 2022? Like it's pushing back further than I would not doubt it. Honestly, my my take on this because it's just it's a small piece of news and it's just a vague release date is I don't care how long it takes. Just take your time. Get it right. Do it right. Get it yes. right. Do it right. I, I would much rather this thing be high quality than I would have it rushed out. Uh, early. But it yeah. also makes complete sense because when you look at all the delays they've experienced between COVID and then New Zealand being like, oh, someone coughed, locked down. I mean, it you know, it, it makes sense that it's not going to be right on time right and when when anything releases in a year you know it's going to be like november or december if yeah, it was coming out always. january of 2022 they would have just said that right they right. bought themselves all this time which is fine i mean we've been anticipating this for five or six years almost at this point right um it's kind of yeah, always on the back of my rumor. mind right yeah, ever since it was right. a rumor and it's it, it's one of those things that yes of course i think about it every so often but i'm with y'all get it right Take the time to get it right. Don't don't rush it out. Um, it's it's worth it. We've waited this long. I can wait a tiny bit longer just to make sure that this is done the way it needs to be done. If six, and, if six months put spit polish on this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Take the oh, six yeah. months. And if that screenshot is any indication, I think our excitement is is warranted. So I think a, a good bit of our discussion is going to revolve around that one picture from Amazon. Well, because there's well, so this, much. All this, all this, it, there's so much in that picture, but it's mm-hmm. also the only thing they've given us. Yeah. And the I, irony, is that the right word in this one? Is that, and I know this is going to be the heart of our discussion, and I've seen it all online, and I, I tend to agree with it. That is most likely set in the first age. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And... Not not when they said the actual show is going to take place. So right. we're led to assume it's maybe part of a prologue so, or a backflash or something well, it like could that. Be, it could be exactly like how the original Lord of the Rings trilogy opened, where it's Galadriel kind of giving the backstory, like what led to this moment right. in the lore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm in the camp that that is a glimpse of Valinor in its glory. Oh, 100%. oh, I think, oh, 100%. And I think that's good because we talked about this all the way back in episode 10. In order to understand the second age, you have to understand the first yes. age because mm-hmm. the way it transitions and everything that takes place before then informs everything that takes place in the second age, Absolutely. just like the second age does for, for the third. Although you can, the events can be condensed a little bit more into the, into the prologue that was part of the Lord of the Rings movies 
Because for that part of the third age, you just need to understand, well, where did the ring come from and how did right. we get here? Well, mm -hmm. so, well, it's much more expansive to understand how do we get to the second age and why is this set up the way it is? Well, this is a great time to say if you have not seen this picture yet, one, you should go and look at the picture. It's a simple Google oh, search mm -hmm. away because it's it a is, beautiful desktop. It is, it even if you don't, even if you just like if you just like fantasy in general, it would make a great desktop. Beautiful mountain valley setting with a wonderful fantasy city that's in the midground. A random person who we don't know who it is quite yet standing but in a white elf. cloak. An, an elf. elf. I mean elf. Of some type. An elf standing in the foreground. And in the very background, there's something that has gotten a lot of Lord of the Rings Silmarillion fans very, very, very excited. Yes. So yeah, it's the two trees. It is the two trees. And so this is this is what gave away that this is most likely the first age or like late first age because mm -hmm. or maybe mid first age, I guess, because in Lord of the Rings lore, uh, the two trees are what provide the light in in the world. Yep, now, yep. preceding them, um, the higher beings had created uh, two lamps that Belcor came and that that acted in the same purpose right they were they were what preceded the the sun and the moon and and mm -hmm. and shone light into the world and kind of brought about dawn and dusk and belcor came along and and just in short short form he destroyed those those lamps um and to replace them the valar created these two trees well one particular valar that is involved with with the nature of the world created these trees uh, to serve that same purpose. And it is what provided essentially, again, the light and dawn and dusk and time cycles and everything for during um, the first age. During, during the first age after mm -hmm. the original lamps had been had been destroyed. Um, this is kind of a spoiler, but I think I'll I'll go ahead and say it anyway. Okay, so I, we're going we're gonna to slap a warning on this. Okay. If you do not want crazy spoilers, skip ahead about a minute. So the reason this is so important and I think you're, you're why it's going to be included and why it transitions into the second age is because we know Melkor has to be the villain. There's no right. way around. Oh, that. Yeah. You're going to shoot this show. He has to be the villain. Right. And this is also really exciting to me because I figured they they were going to do this somehow. But this basically all but confirms it if we're thinking about this the right way. So Melkor, who can't stand well, really anything good, but also couldn't stand that they basically replaced the two lamps that he had he had mm -hmm. previously destroyed, goes to destroy these two trees as well. And he brings Ungoliant, who is a, mm -hmm. a spirit, but in the form of a of a spider and is essentially Shelob's mother. Yep. But far more dangerous. So if you thought Shelob far was larger. Bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there's um, always a bigger fish feasts <laughs> on uh, light. Right. Yep. That's why he promises her the Silmarils um, and he he brings her along to go and destroy these trees. And they they she basically sucks the lights, the actual light from these trees. Mm -hmm. And Melkor basically destroys them as well and has the same effect as destroying the lamps. Right. It drains the light from the world um, and leaves the Valar back to where which, they were back when the lamps were destroyed. Which fun fact, if I'm not mistaken, after that happens, Ungoliant essentially becomes unstoppable. Yes. So this yep. is what so this is like a rival of Melkor's. Oh, no. So this is how a there's a phrase, I believe, actually written out in Silmarillion. And if it's not exactly these words, it's the idea that's conveyed, which should tell you how terrifying. 
Melkor became scared of what Ungoliant was had become after consuming this light. Well, well I mean, she's like Super you. Saiyan at this point, yeah, right? Because yeah, it feeds definitely. on light, literally has fed on the source of light. You're going to be powerful. Yeah. Like, so you're telling, you're saying, and it's like Melkor was sweating it. Yep. He was going, oh, this is not good. Which, if that doesn't tell you the sheer evil and power that Uncle Ant was gathering, it, it, it's bad. And to see, so my hope is we're actually going to see this all on screen. Because, but, but that's a, all first age, though. It is, but it is so critical to how you get to the second age both in what the world looks like how the valar play in it where where melkor just is as a character what his plans are for the future how the valar and i'll stop i guess i'll kind of sort of stop with spoilers here how they eventually bring light back into the world after the the trees are are destroyed which shapes what the second age looks like you have to have this and it doesn't have to take an entire episode or anything which it could. There's enough take story there, and what I just described to take a couple yeah. episodes. But unlike the prologue to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where you can spend about ten minutes talking about the entire history of the ring, if this show is going in the direction I think it's going, you're going to have to spend a lot yeah, more time on all this stuff. The foundation, the Valar, and everything really don't. You don't have to understand that to get the heart of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right. which is just a, a small fraction of the Third Age. Well, for this, you I feel like you have to understand these things. Well, let me play devil's advocate here just for a second, because the majority more goth, more yeah. goth's advocate. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the general consensus on the Internet, though, is that this city that's in this picture is Gondolin. Yeah. Um, which, again, that's what? another that's How? another first age city. That's that's consistently what I have heard online. I'm I'm not advocating for it that is just what i, I have heard consistently with the think, trees have ever well, been in gondolin so, in, that, in that same yeah flourishing sense that's the hang up i have so they were if i'm remembering correctly they were basically on opposite ends of the world if i if i if that's described maybe that's just an illustration i'm but, remembering you know part of me but is I like think, interpreting these huge no, and trees I think, and i think that's also maybe there's some actual like it's an artistic choice because can you could you see these trees from Gondolin? I'm I'm not. I maybe there's a reference in Silverwood we can look up and prove that true or not. But I think visually, and I, I actually think it just art architect wise and also just where we are in the story, I actually think it also probably makes a lot of sense for this to be Gondolin. Um, maybe it's just a way to convey to. I mean, I may or or maybe it's just to get us to do exactly what we're doing here and go oh my gosh the two trees they're in here. so maybe it's just a brilliant marketing move but I, um, I i think it could just be a great way to visually convey hey this is where we're at if you get it if you're a lord of the rings fan man do you get it if you don't it's just a really it's a really, oh, pretty, really picture. pretty yeah it's a really pretty picture that gets you excited um i think gondolin actually makes a lot of sense because it kind of looks like a coastal i don't know why but i, I could see it being yeah but gondolin isn't coastal gondolin is in the middle of mountains like that that's oh, yeah. why where am i thinking that, of like that's why i don't think it can be gondolin because gondolin is a where, hidden city where am i thinking? it's a fortress surrounded by mountains that like you can't navigate into unless you you know break through the magic barrier mm -hmm. so i mean there's a river now that's not to say you can't have a river in the middle of a mountain valley but i don't know it just doesn't strike me as mountain fortress i mean this strikes me as paradise i mean the mm -hmm. Bruin Inn and 
you know, uh, Rivendell, I, it, it can happen. Well, I just, what I'm excited is that now we will see elves, not, not as they are leaving middle right. earth, kind of like on, on their downturn, but this is them at their height. Yes. So, I mean, the architecture looks us like just beautiful mm-hmm. and like, Hey, if this is a culture that has the time to hone their skills and is at the top of their game in craftsmanship, that's what this city is going to look like. So you, you get those tastes of what we saw in Rivendale, you know, kind of that organic architecture that we, we see when they get to, um, Lothlorien. Uh, I was like, not Laurelin. That's the name <laughs> of the tree. Uh, Lothlorien. Um, but I, I'm also excited that you get a little bit of hints of Gondor in it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's Valinor. Now, could they just be throwing those trees in there as a red herring? Because I mean, if it isn't an exposition scene, what's to say is that's not the screen, like the frame, right as it's transitioning. There right? and actually, <laughs> and actually, uh, just and to throw I, us I guess off. I am kind of torn. I, I, a gondolin still kind of makes sense to me, but Valinor actually make a ton of sense because you're gonna have oh, the trees yeah. right by there. You'd have architecture that could is gonna look regal. It's going to look elf-like in a sense so that that makes a ton of sense too what i what is not up for debate i don't think is that that is indeed the two trees yes it is oh yeah it has to be it's a bit fuzzy in the background but that those are trees back yeah it's laurelin even in tele tele um, yeah something like that which which fun fact which fun fact for those of you who've just watched the movies or have just read the lord of the rings books and have not dived into the silmarillion yet uh, this fact blew my mind. The reason that the uh, the white tree that's in the middle of Minas Tirith is such a big deal is that it's actually a descendant yes. of that tree that is that does the moonlight. So yeah, these are a, the it's things. like a seedling, right? Like yes. it was one of the, the lot, sprigs. Off lots that, right? of lots of fun stories around that through the oh, ages, yeah. too. There's there's a lot of stuff that happens in Numenor, which I'm wondering if they're going to touch on. They have to. They have the second to, right? age it's has so to be all about Numenor to to men in middle earth who the story ultimately i know it's like hobbits and like actually no a lot of it is the story of of men Mm -hmm. um andrew you're reading or listening to the silmarillion and this is why i Uh, no excuse me i'm going back through the um the the main oh that's right that's right that's right well we no, that no. Darth Morgoth on Discord. Yes, which, which, by the way, right. that's right. For one of our best Discord. username, Darth <laughs> Morgoth. He is reading through the Silmarillion. Yes. So now you know, uh, Andrew. Even with that one little mm-hmm. tidbit of info, you understand why I pushed this so hard because yes. there's so many things in the Lord of the Rings trilogy that have immense history, and mm-hmm. you can get by with a and have a wonderful story yep. without knowing them. But when you know even that one little tidbit of trivia about the White Tree of Gondor and how it traces its way all the way back to this, it makes it so much cooler. Because it gives it weight because there's a history. It's it's ancient. It comes alive in a new way. And that's been fun rereading these books. uh, It shows its roots. Um, And you. You got to branch out more, Zach. You also (laughs) you also understand like it's it goes beyond this cool symbol. Because yeah. even in the movies, right. like forget the books for a second, which you shouldn't do in the movies. <laughs> you're like, wow, this is the I can tell this is an old white tree. It's it's the symbol of Gondor. It's in the center of the city. They guard it. They keep it alive. It's yeah, a cool white tree. That's awesome. But you can tell there's like, OK, there's more to this here. There's guys mm-hmm. like tasked with protecting this thing. That's kind of weird. 
Um, and in, in a lot of stories, maybe you would go to, well, it has magical powers, or well, it has this and that and that. But no, it's such a strong symbol of no, it's got history. men in mm -hmm. Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, that's the reason why it's so important. And again, you have a wonderful story, even if you don't understand that, but it has so much more depth when you do. And that's actually one of the huge hopes and ex things that are so exciting for me coming out of the, the, the show is that it's going to build all those bridges, mm -hmm. um, some bigger than others, but it's going to have those, okay, here's where Sauron comes into all of this. Here's why this is the way it is. Here's why the white tree is like this. Here's why men are like this, yeah. why they're corruptible. You get a little bit of that in the prologue with the rings and the, the wraiths and the, mm -hmm. the kings it's, of men it's and It's enough that. to get by. It is, but also too, there's, you're going to get much more of an explanation as to why the elves are leaving Middle Earth because right. that's something that right. I felt was a very large part of the movie plots mm -hmm. that but while I think the movies leaving? are why? a wonderful adaptation. Why are they chanting right. in the woods? And, and Elrond, the explanation is Elrond kind of says, well, our time in Middle Earth is kind of over mm -hmm. and we, we're going to go west. And there's a little bit of information there. But even if you had all of that and you kind of had an understanding not gonna I think this show is going to explain why that actually has way more weight and why it is the way it is. And spinning off of that, why Arwen's decision to stay beyond mm. becoming becoming was mortal, such a big deal, was such a big deal. Right. Not, and, not not going to lie. I, I Googled that at one point in time. Yeah, why, the, why did the elves leave? Yeah, why did they have to go? Like, and, uh, and understanding uh, why they're going right. back west. Mm -hmm. Just right. unpacking that word back west. Uh, mm -hmm. infers that that's where they came from and that it's kind of laid out in the movies that the elves are not of middle earth right they've just lived there for a long time and it was inevitable they were always going to return where they came from that is sprinkled nah, it's more than sprinkled throughout the movies and you definitely get it in the books as well but i'm so excited because i think this is going to build that out and at the end of the day you're going to have more Lord of the Rings fans who have a deeper mm. understanding mm -hmm. of the brilliance of Tolkien. Yeah. And my hope is that we're going to have another renaissance of Lord of the Rings. Like we had when the movies came out, you saw spikes in book sales, people who had not read them or hadn't read mm. them in, in a long time or started to try to read them and never finished them became huge Lord of the Rings fans. And beyond that, like you just quality literature with good, deep, messages is something we need so desperately these days yeah and man. my hope is that this is going to spur that next golden era of of lord of the rings and bring the people who are kind of stuck on the trilogy into a deeper understanding of again the brilliance well, of tolkien and how the stories all connect they better for a billion dollars yeah a billion dollars yeah, you better you, you better hit it out of the park <laughs> yeah, well, you would hope that with that level of investment, they know that there's going to be some merchandising, which begs the question, how is that going to work out with the Tolkien estate? So they bought rights to the TV show. So when it comes to merchandising, is it like a halvesies? I mean, <laughs> or elevensies? Um, <laughs> It'll like, all how, be how shipped through work? Amazon. I know that. Much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two-day shipping on everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Shipping. I don't know as far as the business thing goes, but what... This ties back into the, the image because they've been tasked with an interesting task, which is, Ooh. okay, we're all very familiar with the art direction of the movies. Now, mm -hmm. when you read the books, if you read the books before you saw the movies, there were certain things you saw in your head because they hadn't been realized on screen and how you envisioned them. 
And for me, the movies captured some of it. And in other cases, I was like, that's not exactly how I envisioned it. Cool, but not exactly how I saw it. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, all the things Silmarillion that I've read since I was relative, you know, pretty young um, is going to be on screen now. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious how they're going to capture it. But the ultimate point I'm trying to make is there has to be some cohesion between the art direction of the Lord of the Rings movies that were not obviously made by Amazon and this TV show, because if they're so distinct, I think you're going to have problems with. Well, you're, you're going to have the Hobbit trilogy is what you're yeah. going to have. And, and that was done by the same people, though. So, that's but, well, but there was what, like three directors that had very. Well, yeah, you had Del Toro, right. who started with the art direction. And that's what gave us, you know, scrotum beard goblins. <laughs> and then. Then you ended up worse. You ended up with with Peter Jackson, PJ, who thought, let's put a GoPro in and no one could tell him no. (sighs) So I I think just based off of that screenshot that they are hearkening back to Um, the original aesthetic. It's a very warm, golden tones, subdued colors. It's not overly saturated, which was my biggest complaint with The Hobbit is I felt like they were shoving color into my face but, but you know it's a film versus digital thing but that's a whole other topic for a whole other day yeah we but at do- least they're going towards that film that yeah. filmic feel which given that this is ancient history <laughs> it's it's appropriate to have that almost sepia tone now i'm yeah. not saying go full sepia but it it does feel appropriate saving private frodo basically <laughs> <laughs> now i now between the three of us i am y'all are the filmmakers right y'all are okay. the video guys but I will say, if you drop a GoPro in the water, it's going to look like you dropped, you a, GoPro dropped a GoPro in the water. water? <laughs> like, like even the guy who's not that. nuanced enough to to like, I'm just an audience like, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. If you so, strap it to the side of a barrel, it's going to look like a GoPro river. strapped on the side of a barrel. Yeah. Right. And I, I hope we avoid that. I, yes. I'm with Zach. I hope we stick with some more maybe traditional filmmaking techniques to go back to that much more traditional feel and well, you can capture that feeling of history by doing that. I'm going to have to move on because we do have a few other things that we need to talk mm-hmm. about tonight, but I hope they do get it right because Amazon has already greenlit a second season of this well, show. That's some confidence. They, don't that's, we know that they have rights for five? That'd be amazing like, if they did, but I think that's right. They said they had rights for five and I guess it was worked into a contract that they were required don't quote me lawyers don't come after me that i think they were required to make two seasons and had the option to make up the five yeah that was my understanding i'm i'm good with that it's just amazon's in a billion dollars at this point just on the first season so the fact that they are green lighting a second season which probably is going to cost roughly about the same thing means amazon's going all in on this yeah but um so production of the second season has shifted from New Zealand to the UK to Scotland in particular. I mean, so for, I mean, hold on, hold on. For that reason, due to pandemic restrictions, New, yes. New Zealand is very locked down at the moment. UK is a little bit more open, so they moved everything that direction. Mm-hmm. So what? OK, so Middle Earth is no longer New Zealand. Well, but, no longer exclusively New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. It, like it, it will still always be New Zealand. Like it's never going to stop being Middle Earth. But what has me so excited, I actually, uh, the day that they announced that, I was having a, a, 
a text conversation with another nerd friend and it was like, oh my gosh, it's leaving New Zealand. And the first thought that I had that I mean, actually got like, I got like nerd choked up was like, but this means that Lord of the Rings is returning home. Oh, mm-hmm. because, because yeah. Tolkien's original motivation for writing Lord of the Rings is he wanted to give England its own ancient lore. Cause you have Arthurian legend, but it doesn't hold a candle to the ancient Norse and Celtic lore that was out there. And so, I mean, that's why you have kind of this conglomeration of, all right, kind of borrowing from Norse, some Celtic overtones, some Arthurian, like that's why it kind of feels like that. Cause he was trying to regionally create this lore that would fit England. So the fact that it is going to be back on UK shores, I was like, Lord of the Rings is returning home. And, and I mean, I, I was like, that's beautiful. And then, of course, the Scotland pride. It's going to be Scotland. So, like, next time I visit uh, Scotland, Lord willing, I could go to a Lord of the Rings film site. Yeah. Like, and it'll probably be Numenor. Like, to be like, okay, somewhere in the Highlands is Numenor. I mean, of course, I've always known that because Scotland is nah. Lord of the Rings. Um, no, I'm, but I, I've been to Scotland once myself and my gosh, this has the potential to be something special. I mean, New Zealand is something very special. I have not gone to New Zealand yet, but if you're going to pick a close second. Oh, yeah. Scotland's a pretty dang good pick. Scotland is Scotland is gorgeous. I think, yeah, all three of us here have Scottish lineage, strong Scottish lineage. It's oh, yeah, it's a gorgeous country. It quite literally lots of gorgeous. (laughs) It fits the 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 tone it fits the yeah. imagery of Lord of the Rings so well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the New Zealand of the Northern hemisphere. Yeah, you're not going to have maybe quite as many um, like sweeping planes yeah. just because this, of the, the style, uh, yeah. right? The style, this, the geography of Scotland. I, I'm is thinking exactly Ed- that like Edoras, that, that whole, right. That whole you, thing you, that's you right there. Not like, see, eh, not that, yeah. Right. But, but up in there the high, I don't Rainic know, up Moors? in the highlands, there are some just, you know, the green and crags and just, and there's oh, nobody beautiful. there or there's very few people there. And probably just as many sheep as New Zealand. Too. It's yeah. The, the, and the highlands are oh, just, sheep. they're just gorgeous. Um, I mean, I, it's I, got I, a lock to offer. I mean, it really glends itself but, to this kind m- of film. Okay. This was a mistake. Having but, you on. but moving, <laughs> moving it to the UK, to, to Scotland, particularly, um, without getting into any kind of politics or anything like they have a, they have a show to film. Yeah. And if they're in, if they're filming mm-hmm. in a country that is not going to allow production to continue at the pace it needs to, and they have other options, they're going to take them. And they yeah. did. And, um, and if you're, and if you're going to pay, have a second pick in the oh, world, yeah. uh, that's that's my number two choice. Well, yeah. but I mean, you also look at other shows that have shown you can create great vistas using the UK. I mean, Game of Thrones used a lot of Northern mm-hmm. Ireland. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter. I mean, Hogwarts is in the Highlands. Yep. It's, Zach it's and I saw the train bridge. So we saw the train bridge <laughs> and and the and the hill and the lock that Hogwarts hill, right. was located that's on. Right. But we're muggles, so we couldn't see it. You know, charms yeah. and enchantments and Fair. what have you. Wow, that's a beautiful hill and lake. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, it was also in Detective Pikachu. So, I mean, this has got a lot of. I mean, that's basically the same thing. <laughs> I, that's that's the biggest one that we've I know. That's so what far. I was thinking when I saw it. <laughs> that was that was obviously oh, third. That's on your where list. they shot a Monty Detective Python. Pikachu. No, oh. Braveheart. <laughs> no, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Truly, greatness lives here, <laughs> Scotland. I choose you. <laughs> Um, so let's shift the conversation a little bit more, um, which this has been in the news a bunch. If you've been following anything, Lord of the Rings show related, um, which is the production has hired what's known as an intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. uh, that has caused quite a stir. It's um, got a lot of hot takes on this one, <laughs> both on both sides of the opinions. I have heard pros and, and cons for both. Um, let's uh, let's thoughts pause. I think we first needed to find terms. I, yes. I think the reason yes. there were so many instant hot takes on this is everyone just instantly assumed they're going to make it game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like I looked up the definition and I went to careers Broadway. So this is like, this is what Broadway says an intimacy coordinator does. And it says is a trained professional who advocates for what is best for a scene and what is best for actors in the case of an intimate scene which can be anything from a kiss, a romantic grab, or a more intimate interaction. So I think everyone just instantly jumped to the right. worst case scenario that we are going to get Game of Thrones levels of uh, intimacy of intimacy <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, I could see how that would create a lot of anger instantly because that is so counter what Tolkien stood for in this high fantasy wasn't about adding anything crude or crass kind of a story that he has told, but it could also just be, Hey, maybe there's a romance and just given the, the wokeness of everyone, they want to cover their legal butts and have someone there to where they can say, well, we did have an intimacy coordinator. Well, so this kiss was completely consensual. So if, if, if Lord of the Rings, I, I, I don't know looking up, from the the previous cast if, if they had an intimacy coordinator on set but yeah what what you just said i'm glad you did because you can have an intimacy coordinator on set purely for uh, kissing um, yeah i i think of what aragorn and arwen you know that romance that was that took place in the the previous movies and uh, it was done very tastefully it was done very tastefully but you have someone there who's an advocate for both actors and crew and that the go between on that front so i I'm, am I saying that intimate scenes are off the table because of this or they're the scale and the scope of it? No, I'm not saying that in this instance, um, because that's another part of the job for an intimacy coordinator. But I think a lot of people th- automatically, like you said, jump to the, the worst end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that intimacy coordinators are brought on set even for small things. Yeah, I, I I will fully admit and call myself out here. I was one of those people that jumped mm-hmm. to worst case scenario because I saw the news and I'm I'm so protective of Lord of the Rings. Oh, not yeah, not as not as a you know a gatekeeper to the fandom or anything like that because I want as many Lord of the Rings fans as there can be. But I am something of a purist, and and besides wanting to keep it in line with the story, and but also keep it in line with Tolkien's vision, and I think. The Lord of the Rings movies, and that's a very fair point. I think we need to, to go back and say, hey, maybe they had one on the set for for the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and that was done very, very well. It conveyed yes. 
a relationship between Arwen and Aragorn exactly as it was in in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can uh, yeah okay sure they appear together more in the movies <laughs> than they do in the books, but that's it's a little for, bit more for, there. That's for movies, of course, right? Um, so yeah, it's not fair for for me either to jump to to worst case scenario. I'd be lying if I didn't say I have my concerns, mm-hmm. um, not just because this is a role on the movie, but because of just when, like, just time, where we are now as a yeah. society. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and, and in particular, where fantasy shows typically tend to stray. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and my, my concern is, is exactly that. Like, if you have relationships and we don't know because we're going off of I'm going off of what's already been written, right? Like Silmarillion, like there's a couple of um, stories in there about characters, um, Baron and Luthien, not being the least of them, of course, where mm-hmm. you have these very key relationships. They could be introducing new characters. We discussed this in episode 10. Maybe it's through the eyes of someone who lives through these events, but we don't they're not named in the book or something like that. It's a new character. Um I think that's the whole point, though, is that we don't know. Yeah. And so I'm personally trying to to remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But also just being completely candid. Yeah, I, I do have concerns because that would be um, that would be the completely wrong direction to take this. And, and oh, yeah. given other Amazon's other shows, um, you know, my antennas are up for sure. Um, well, you, uh, you and a bunch of other people, there are petitions that have been done online where tens of thousands of people have not, signed it's it. It's not needed. Lord yeah. of the Rings does not need it to tell the story that it needs to tell. You can yeah. make arguments, maybe, that that has a place in, in other ones. I don't know if we would necessarily agree with that. In other stories, um, you know, to advance a plot or whatever. Um, but in Lord of the Rings... I, I just I, I firmly don't believe that you need to to go well, beyond what you have with Aragorn and Arwen to well, convey what you need to convey in the story. Yeah, and, and it's also just bad business if mm. you if you instantly alienate a a I mean you could say that it will be a vocal minority, but I don't think so. I think a majority of book fans and longtime Lord of the Rings fans would be extremely offended for them to come right out of the gate with this. You signed a season two and I mean, this could tank really quickly. And I mean, I have to remind myself when I first heard Amazon was buying rights to this, I was concerned because a lot of their original content, it's not family friendly. And quite Mm. frankly, I've not been very impressed with. And then I saw how they treated Carnival Row, which I loved for the fantasy, but it was very clear that they're like, oh, let's take the Game of Thrones formula yeah just give it a different story name and it'll be successful and it Mm. fell on its face Mm. and so i hope they realized in that venture that you can't just replicate game of thrones and expect it to be successful yeah right a good story has to first and foremost funnily enough be a good story right (gasps) and the reason and that's right when you get back to it you know once the producers and and the the big wigs step out of it and look at why was Game of Thrones so successful? It's telling human stories. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's, it's not because of In a fantasy scenes. That's not um, what made it what what made it it right. It was notorious for that. Yeah, it gained publicity 
and and certain mentions because of that. I'm sure they loved the fact that it drummed up press, but that's not what made it a a, a good show. And I'm not saying a wholesome mm-hmm. show because it was up, not. Up I'm until saying, season six, right? But this, but that's also part of the point. Why did Game of Thrones start going downhill? It because wasn't because R. R. of the intimate scenes. The books yet. It was because <laughs> the story started to go right. all cattywampus and yep. ultimately crashed and burned in terms of storytelling. Not because, mm-hmm. well, the intimate scenes were this or that or the other. And so it, it goes both ways. It, it, it's it's mm-hmm. neither what's going to make you succeed and it's not what's going to make you make you fail necessarily. Right. Um, and I, I and my hope is that they just they remember that on on this show that you're gonna you're gonna win based on how well you tell this story i just and i i look at this lord is of, probably not gonna need to be a part of it right i look at lord of the rings as you know if you were to look at it almost as like a, a painting and the colors and the tones and the shades of what makes lord of the rings like if you were to put all those pieces of paint on a paintbrush like on on your palette and have that ready to go the colors that are game of thrones and a lot of that, the stuff that Game of Thrones was known for, like the, those colors don't make up the Lord of the Rings painting, mm-hmm. like the spirit of what mm-hmm. was Game of Thrones is not the same spirit of Lord right. of the Rings. And if they right. don't get that right, we're talking about foundational things. That's mm-hmm. like how you view Lord of the Rings. And yes, I understand that there are moments where. <sighs> I understand that there's stuff. Some people are like, oh, there's nothing absolutely in there. And you know, I've heard quotes where it's like, you know, Mary and Pippin running naked around in a field or whatever. And I'm like, OK, but. Uh, but even if that was the case, like, you know, Tolkien, when he's writing it, you can tell from what the story is and where he's coming from, that that's not. You know, it, it, that's not an not, intimate scene, so to it's speak, not right? the well, spirit. It's, it's not right. the spirit of what right. makes Lord of right. the Rings. Well, and, because it always remains high fantasy. Yeah. Like, like never once does it say, and then Frodo had to take a poop. Like he, he doesn't <laughs> interest himself in those things. Like he is telling it from this epic perspective. Right. So something as crude as an intimate scene almost doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Like the entire tone as if you're reading a history I mean, that's what the Silmarillion is. It's the history of Arda, it reads right? like of the Silmarils. And it reads <laughs> like, well, I mean, they've literally got genealogies all throughout the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it would be a complete misstep. And they've also seen the negative reaction that even just throwing toilet humor into The Hobbit mm-hmm. brought from fans. Mm-hmm. I remember true. being in the theater and they started making some men's junk jokes. And I was like. Oh, how did this make it I, through yeah. edits? I remember that, too, because I was sitting right next to you. And the moment. <laughs> I, so we're taking along. This is the second Hobbit movie, right? Zach and I are in the theater watching this movie and it is hitting like. So the first one I was like, mm, not great, but I'll give you something of a pass. Not great, we're but in the this, Gollum oh, riddle scene redeemed it. <laughs> nailed it, right? Dark. Perfect. We're, we're about 30, 25 minutes into the second movie and they're it's they're nailing it like Bayorn, the woods. All of that was like, holy cow, like they're actually going to pull this out. This is incredible. The elves capture them. And the moment that happens, they crack these one or two jokes that are just so crude. And the entire movie just took a nosedive from there on out. It took a GoPro barrel shot down from there. (laughs) Like they make this joke. I remember distinctly like Zach and I turning to each other and look at each other like this. Like, did that really just happen? Turn back to the movie 
and flaming train wreck from there on out. I know we well, haven't done I, an episode on the Hobbit movies yet, so right, you understand I mean, what my take is on it. Does, cor- I, does correlation equal causation no, 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 in that moment? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily no, 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 no. I'm not saying like, and that's why the movie <laughs> fell apart. There were a lot of other problems, but, but it, it's, it's, it's it the lens. felt so out of place that it caused, yeah. like Zach and I literally turned to each other like, did that really just happen? No, like in a Marvel movie, that makes sense. They're like, huh, little little crack of humor did not feel like it was well placed in this universe. And we've seen this problem with Marvel and Star Wars, mm-hmm. where they tried to go. Well, Marvel's so successful, just use that formula, but make it opening Star Wars. scene of Last opening Jedi. Opening scene of Last yeah, Jedi. Every scene word. of Last Jedi. No, <laughs> opening scene of Last Jedi, where you're like, this would work perfect if this was Iron Man talking um, to bad guy number two not <laughs> poe dameron right fighting you know the empire and uh-huh. it, it might going back to the core of this whole discussion is lord of the rings can succeed on its own merits yes mm-hmm. it does not have to have things pulled in from game of thrones it doesn't have to have things pulled in from whatever other show or books um as far as intimate scenes go um it doesn't need it it doesn't need it to be a good story and i'm not some prude who's out here saying like well that kind of thing never happened in lord of the rings i guess kids just kind of appeared out of nowhere like (laughs) obviously but the whole point that zach made was like we don't need to see it Mm -hmm. and the story doesn't need it to be amazing and and i just i I hope that's the case and and I just go back to the foundational, the foundational thing of what lens are you looking at Lord of the Rings through? Mm -hmm. And if you are Mm -hmm. looking through the wrong lens, Mm -hmm. not I won't even say not just the wrong one, but not the right one. Mm -hmm. If that puts it, if that puts a little bit more perspective, that does make sense. This will fail. Well, and we're not saying that it's inappropriate, even from. A moral perspective, right. though I w- I would say that that level of intimacy should only be shared between a husband and wife. But I would say it's not the appropriate from an aesthetic perspective. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just not the right choice given the subject material. Um, but I think I think this will be my hot take. Um, I think there are moments in the story where there could be nudity, but it but it be done in a, in a very reserved way. For instance, mm-hmm. when the elves are created, they're just there, right? Mm-hmm. So what if we just see the backside? And I'm not even saying we see inappropriate parts, but maybe that is the butt. why <laughs> the intimacy coordinator is there. Because right. when they are created as the, the first children, maybe that's part of the prologue. And maybe that's the only reason they had to hire this yeah. this lady to be intimacy coordinators because they had like a couple of shots where they're like, well, the dwarves were made from the ground, the elves kind of appeared, and then the humans appeared. I don't know if they had clothes, so maybe maybe that's all it right. is, right? It's just like one or two shots. But th- but that's the type of scene where an intimacy coordinator would be. Mm. And so I again to what you said earlier, Zach, a lot of people just jump to the oh my gosh, it's going to be Game of Thrones. And that is not necessarily the case here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that if you're in that camp, just know that there are plenty of other options that they plenty of other directions that they can take this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and, and we'll have a big laugh when we see they're like, oh, there's a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why the end of the was about. I hope yeah, we're hopefully. laughing. I hope we're laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, re- 
I mean, Elrond is a half elf. So maybe it's just, you see. Literally his last name. So Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So maybe it's just we see there was the kiss and then boom, Elrond's there next scene. And that's all we need to see. <laughs> that's how it happens, folks. That's yep. it. Yep. It was a kiss. <laughs> it was only a kiss. All right. Well, um, anything else that you guys are excited about before we close out the discussion? Just the show as a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that it's actually coming out in the relatively near future. Um, the screenshot, which told us nothing. Because um, <laughs> that's the thing. True. Like, we're over here like geeking out about these trees and like, yeah, when I really step back, I'm like, yeah, of course they were going to be in it. Like, there's no way. Like, if you're going to do this properly and you have, if you're spending but a you billion dollars, you better be like, yeah. these were absolutely going to show up. But it is still really cool to to get that glimpse. I think we're going to see more of these little, little, little tastes thrown out at us uh, over, limbness, over the next breadcrumbs right, <laughs> uh, over the next over the next year or so. Um, we should have if it truly is coming out in about a year, give or take. Um, I mean, look, we're probably gonna have a trailer sometime, like a real trailer sometime in the mm-hmm. near, relatively near future. And um, I'm still excited. Do I have mm-hmm. my concerns? Always. Anytime you do, anytime you touch a franchise that I have such a deep love for, there's always right. gonna be concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars, Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings with the Hobbit. And like, for me personally, Dude. we talked about this some, we have not talked about others. Like there have been some serious missteps in these franchises. But at the end of the day, at its core, I still love what made me love it in the first place. And so I'm I'm holding on to that of like, is it going to be exactly how I envision it? No, because there were people who read the books way before I did, saw the Lord of the Rings movies and went, what was all that? Like, like there mm-hmm. truly are like I am a hardcore book fan, always mm-hmm. will be. And I still think the movies are a brilliant adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I want to take that same kind of attitude and in, into this. Like right. it's not going to be word for word Silmarillion on the screen. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, that would be like twenty movies, right? Yep. I mean, could give hardly us, sit give through. us that I mean, I'd good be there story. For it, but yeah, I'd, oh, I would watch. I'd, I'd still but no, watch it. but right, like the three of us would watch it, and that would yeah. be about and that, it. That, yeah, <laughs> and that and about twelve other people. Like, despite all the the news and maybe even concerns coming out of some of these things, like I'm still just ex- as excited as I was. And at the end of the day, while I've, it, my excitement is wanting to see these things on the screen, again, it's that hope of I would love another Lord of the Rings renaissance mm-hmm. and to just build the fandom even more so that more people can be exposed to not just the brilliance of Tolkien, but like what he's trying to convey through these stories, because they're yeah. genuinely genius, brilliant stories. It- and you touched on exactly, oh, shocker, we agree on something. You nah. touched on exactly why I'm excited is to be able to invite so many new people into this part of the mm-hmm. fandom. Because it is a, it's a tall barrier to entry because all we have right now is go read Silmarillion. You read about three pages, four pages Silmarillion, you find out whether you're into it or not. Wait a minute. Well, these well, these first, four people all have just about the same name. What yeah. is happening? Well, here? you're yeah. like, how many books are in this book? Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. first you read oh, yeah. through the creation story. You're like, wait, that was a book. Wait, book there's one. more to this book. Um, but <laughs> I'm excited that I'm going to get to have these conversations at lunch with coworkers again. Yeah. You know, because it's been so long since Lord of the Rings has been part of the cultural yeah. zeitgeist. Right. That now we get to have that that conversations with our wives, with coworkers, and we get to bring up 
Oh yeah, I read Silmarillion back in the day. Now you're getting to see it and getting to invite all of those people into. We're like, hey, we've been convincing them for years. Jump on in. The water's fine. But as you said, it, it's a tall order to jump into Silmarillion. But man, once you do, mm. such great material. Right. So I, I'm excited to get to to spread the Lord of the Rings love. And I'm with just more people. I'm, and I'm I'm looking at this going. I think that the Amazon series is getting a lot more right than I'm more concerned about. I think so. Point. I'm mm-hmm. waiting to see more come out, but right. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right now, I I am seeing more positive and like this sounds great. And obviously, the first mm-hmm. look and everything. We, there's not a ton that's come out, but from what I've seen so far, given the current world situation and what it seems like, they're making a lot of right calls and a lot of things that I am more excited about than I am concerned. Well, and and again, I think I mentioned this in the in our original episode ten. So fifty episodes ago, my opinion has remained <laughs> <it> unchanged. <laughs> What gives me confidence is the Tolkien Society's sign off yeah. on yeah. what is happening. Yeah. And so yep. it, to me, it's kind of like the the way I felt about why I think the Mandalorian worked so much better than any time Dave Filoni has a solo flight. Bad yeah. patch. Um, <laughs> is that when you hot have a vision, there's not a hot take. It's just a hot steaming pile of. No. <laughs> genomes. No. Ah, uh, that after, after show, show, after, after show, after, after show, <laughs> after show, that whole thing is a after taste. Um, so <laughs> the fact that they are, I mean, I'm not going to say they're handholding, but here are the people that have been tasked with preserving the legacy and for them to go. Yeah, I, I have more confidence. And, I, and I'm I'm in the same boat. I mentioned it back in the episode 10 as well, that the, the Tolkien estate is they have to sign off on a lot of things. They're very understandably protective. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when they signed things with Amazon, they did not give them carte blanche to do whatever they wanted to. Right. I'm not saying they have to review every frame of this show. Cause that would be unreasonable, but I, I am going to, unless I, unless I find out otherwise, I'm going to assume that they're going to treat it like they have everything else and say, yes, this is in the spirit of Tolkien. Now, I look we at the, the Hobbit, Hobbit and yep. I go, well, someone was asleep at the at the wheel. But when you back up, wow, <laughs> there were many, many missteps and many foolish decisions as far as direction goes and everything. There's except for some minor things like the jokes we mentioned and things like that. Most of that does not fly in the face. There's nothing in there right. that's like revoltingly anti Tolkien. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. There's, there's they a lot didn't of stuff get that's it revolting. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get it right, but there's nothing in there. Um, I mean, I think there's things that, you know, are have him spinning in his grave, yeah, but there's I nothing agree. there where you go. Wow. No, you really, really missed the boat on this. Mm-hmm. Um, like you cannot release this as is. Yeah. Um, despite the many. There, there were Many a couple. Missteps. There were a couple of close <laughs> things in that one, but I'm going to have to wrap this discussion up. Uh, well, seriously, we can my, talk about the, so much more. Well, there is, and the one last thing I'm excited about is Aragorn and how this is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shut it down. Wait, well, guys, welcome um, to the second age of the episode <laughs> where Aaron begins his Aragorn rant. So there was this island called Numenor. No, no, no. And- no, 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 no. <laughs> For those listening or watching, <laughs> honestly, we want to know what you think. Are you excited mm-hmm. about any news that's dropped on this Lord of the Rings series? Anything you want to add to the discussion? We love reading your comments so that you can either do that on YouTube or you can go to daggownerds.com and hit the contact button 
Uh, we can always keep the conversation going. Seriously, we like we read every one of your yeah, comments. Let's just keep talking about it. Let's wrap things up and get our closing thoughts and pun count. It's ring to it there, Zach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well-rounded pun. Well, we kind of already did this a little bit previously, but uh, any last thoughts that you have before we go? I'm still just as excited as I was when they announced it. Yeah. I have My- no... I have no, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, well, I'm nervous, but until proven otherwise, I'm all excitement. I'm going to throw out one prediction here. Oh, ooh, and I think they are going to summarize the entirety of the first age in a prologue scene. OK, and I think that is I think that is I think that is where the screenshot is from. And okay. I think my prediction is that they're going to take the universe from the realm of the gods and then bring it back down to Middle Earth and and set the stage of like, all right, first age was all about the gods and their right. setup and then their war. And then age two is kind of like, all right, so what did the creative beings do? Now, obviously, you had Sauron, a Maya uh, or Maya that, um, you know, messed things up. Uh, so to say know, the least, but it, it still is a little bit more at ground level versus the hot, you know, yeah, thousand foot view of the first age. So I'm, I think that screenshot is from a prologue that will summarize the entirety of the first age Makes as sense. a setup for what takes place in the second. Before I take your bet, define scene like a length of when you say a summary, like a scene, like how long are you thinking? Like minutes. I, I think I think it's going to be the exact same as Galadriel's summary. I was kind of thinking that mm-hmm. the extended, I'm actually the extended willing, cut. I think I cut. might be willing to take that bet because I think they're going to have to linger on it a little bit longer. I mean, I, I could see I, I could I see, see first episode. like the original Lord of the Rings show began like the world has changed. Maybe mm-hmm. the opening line is the world was made. And, and then it's talking about it was an age of gods. And and then they talk about how you have all the Valar that had all their distinctions. The world was created. And I would love it. You, you know how in Deathly Hallows, when they went about all of the exposition on the three brothers, that really yes. distinct art style. Yes. I would be totally okay having that. Mm. Almost like it was cave drawings or something that felt like it was an ancient art form context. Like mm-hmm. think runes hieroglyphics ah, telling that the summary. I'm actually going to have to depart with because I want to see yeah. personally I want to see full book I want to see going all the way back to the beginning of this conversation I want full blown film I want to see a whole scene I, of I'm Melkor and Ungoliant destroying the trees but see there's so much epic proportion that are they ever going to give us a visual that lives up to our imaginations so that's why I'm almost like, hey, keep it maybe, abstract maybe. so yeah. I can I can keep on devouring the light. Yeah. So my so my closing thought on this whole conversation is we have scratched the surface on what Zach and Aaron can talk about. <laughs> on Lord of the Rings. Yes, we can have three more episodes. <laughs> my gosh. Yes, it's it's been great. There is no so much more no to talk to about. <laughs> we, had, we didn't even did we mention the Silmarils? No, no, I did. Awesome I, did. I briefly mentioned that Melkor was going to give them to Ungoliant. Okay, to there yeah. we go. There we but go. That's the only reason they came up. Well, guys, well, you rock, <laughs> Aaron. You rock. Well, 
Well, our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we want to say thank you so much. Every single week, we mean it. Aaron, you want to help close us out? Yeah, so follow and subscribe, Dadgum Nerds. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. It helps us boost our show, um, bring in more fans, and, of course, allows you to participate in the conversation. Um, it allows us to do more of what we love to do, which is this. And contrary to what anyone says, this is important. <laughs> Regardless of what Cameron says, this Regardless is of what he says, this is important, <laughs> even if I'm not you, wearing Cam? a tie. Um, so like and comment. We love to hear what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? We want to hear your thoughts, your predictions, what you're excited about, what you're not excited about. Um, why you think Aragorn's the best character as well. So <laughs> leave a like, leave a comment. We love to see it. Hey, also check out dagumnerds.com. We've got a lot of great stuff there. We got a merch store. Get you a t-shirt like Andrew's sporting right there. Uh, It's also a great place to ask questions. We love our Q&A episodes, and Aaron is on every single one of them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why that keeps happening, but if you want to hear me Uh, answer questions. This is true. He's got, (laughs) hey, he's got A's. His name begins with two A's, in fact. Um, oh, we also good have we also, good job, Zach. That's why I can spoil. <laughs> we also have our Patreon program on there, which has got a ton of perks and even gives you access to our after show. Which hey, which is you're gonna get to hear hot takes hit, after hot. Takes. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna hear my hot takes on Bad Batch probably. Uh, but uh, hey, that VIP access, it's it's got some good stuff that it comes along with. Yep, a lot of cool stuff. And one of the big ones, too, is that you get a special channel that's on our Discord, which is always a blast. Um, We get to hang out with you guys, not just if you're a patron or not, but like we get to hang out with fans all week on Discord, just rubbing shoulders with them. Always Um, a good conversation going on on there. And always a good laugh, too. Always funny stuff happening on our Discord. Check it out. Always a good good (laughs) laugh. So if you want more Dadgum Nerd stuff all throughout your week, seriously, Mm -hmm. go to dadgumnerds.com and hit the discord button or you can go to dagumnerds.com slash discord um so if you're going to take away two things from this one you should follow and subscribe and two you should go to dagumnerds.com because we got a bunch of stuff on there for you we do zach what is the pun count for today ah aaron i always enjoy when you're on these episodes i don't uh, i give it a little boost <laughs> because after the the awful tragedy Melkor levels of bad. That was, was the last episode. Go with Utopia. Uh, it, we, this episode, <laughs> we went through the straight road into the Undying Lands, and we did eighteen, which there is very respectable. Okay. That is, that is respectable. So uh, very proud I, of what we accomplished, Aaron. I felt because you know Andrew them. didn't help. I felt every <laughs> one of. I, I tell you, last week we had zero puns, and my soul going to bed that night was like. You slept well. Oh, man. Like a baby. (laughs) Unlike my baby. Um, Well, hey, guys, that's all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you later, daggum nerds. Game over.